Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The daily ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing Space Jam by Joe Pitka, Suicide Squad by David Ayer, Birds of Prey, directed by Kathy Yan, and newly released The Suicide Squad by James Gunn, and Space Jam, A New Legacy, directed by Malcolm D. Lee. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Tell me, boy, how's it going? It's going okay. It's going okay. How was your uh, week of movies? A week of movies is all right. Uh, obviously, uh, folks listening to this know what's coming around the bend. Uh, <laughs> had to uh, watch, uh, of course, uh, the new Space Jam. Uh, we have the Suicide Squad coming out, and yeah. I figured. Uh, It'd be kind of hard to do both of those films without doing the homework back catalog for them. What kind of they led into and why these uh, these movies are getting some sequels. So figured to flesh out a whole episode and cover yeah, the ground. I'm, gl- I'm glad you I'm glad you're doing them together for sure. Yeah, especially especially the entire Harley Quinn kind of trilogy. I think it'd be good to do that together. Absolutely, and it really has become a trilogy for Harley Quinn, uh, especially uh, with seeing Birds of Prey yeah. in in yeah. kind of the arc of the character. So. For sure. Okay. Well, hey, let's get started with uh, the old tried and true, uh, childhood favorite for sure for, for many of us, um, but uh, Space Jam, directed by uh, Joe Pitka. Everybody, no, I'm not going to sing it, folks. <laughs> I can uh, if you get me drunk enough, but Space Jam, a classic to be sure. I Honestly, what was surprising about looking into some of the production of this and, and prepping for it, and obviously looking into some of the factors that upset me with the new film, I was just surprised at the reception online of this. So uh, I, I'm interested to see maybe even The feedback. original Space Jam had neg- negativity? Yeah, yeah. Wait, like, uh, like old, old reviews? Yeah. Or like even... like older, older reviews when Space Jam was coming out, it was received poorly. Uh, but I guess it, we, we saw that. The movie was meant for us at our age. Uh, I believe so, yeah. I, I, think... I think when it came out, well, it came out in 96. Mm-hmm. Well, I was only two. <laughs> I wasn't even in the market. I was. I was. I was you were. Wow. So I saw. Yeah, I saw yeah. it later in life. Uh, or, or, but uh, Space Jam does kind of have a, uh, I guess, pun intended, legacy to it <laughs> um, because of. I mean, it's this anomaly of a film that is based off of Looney Tunes, kind of com- uh, combining with basketball. It's 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 an odd ball for sure. We have this kind of coming off of the back of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, maybe less Im- impressive sure. type of combination of animation and film, like Cool World, things like that. That was definitely hot for a moment. It was, yeah. I mean, Space Jam, 
that was big when it came out relatively just because of Michael Jordan behind it, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And just the novelty of such a wacky movie and a wacky premise. So wacky. This. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to say, I mean, the biggest highlight in returning to it is that the animation holds up. The combination of animation with the Looney Tunes, with Michael Jordan on screen, you can definitely tell, and, and why I mention uh, some of the precursors like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right, right. Uh, you can definitely tell that that is the production's main goal to say, okay, how good can we make these scenes look with Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny on the same screen? And it's it's nice to hear that it holds up. Absolutely. And, and if anything, I mean, it looks like very premium Looney Tunes as well. It's not like just cartoon-based Looney Tunes. As far as the animation quality, as far as the, you know, the characters and the movement themselves, very creative, very smooth, silky smooth, I would say. That's great to hear. Absolutely. You would think the opposite, you know? You really would think the opposite. But. Yeah, you go back and maybe less technical skill or something like that. Unfortunately, uh, when we come to the sequel, not exactly the case. I think animation is honestly where it suffers in some of that, but we'll, we'll obviously wow, get to that. Wow, how funny is that? I know. <laughs> how funny is that? <laughs> when it comes to uh, Space Jam as well, I think it's, uh, it's an enjoyable plot because of the need for basketball. Uh, the need for basketball is taken con- tongue-in-cheek that they were combined binding these two worlds, but it's done in a way that it's part of a, a the butt of a joke, but it really does make sense for <laughs> uh, what is happening on screen, because uh, essentially you have these these aliens uh, conflicting with, uh, with the Looney Tunes, and we have the need for basketball being a way for them to get over them uh, on it, and right, it right. was just nice to see uh, as far as it being a creative reason and for, for the comedy of the situation, getting a need for this obviously oddball combination of basketball and the Looney Tunes. It was, it was a good time. Uh, it is a good time. I haven't seen it for years. It's a great. It's just fun to watch. Isn't it fun to watch? Yeah, it is. It, it is a ball. I think. Well, geez, <laughs> I keep on. I keep on with these puns. I think when it comes to why I think it really does hold up because it's a it's a breezy watch. It's a it's a short film. It's right to the point. Yeah. It. It. it yeah. Even some of the B plot with the other basketball players. It. It's. It's refreshing and obviously is there for maybe some of the more adult crowd uh, that is seeing this with their kids at the time uh, or even just basketball fans that may be coming to this film yeah, to yeah. see what's up with this. It is a through and through a Looney Tunes movie for Looney Tunes fans and I think <laughs> has a, a certain focus to it that I per se, I wouldn't call myself a really big Looney Tunes fan, but you can definitely tell that this first major feature film for the Looney Tunes, actually, come to think of it, I don't know if there are other Looney Tunes major theatrical releases. Boy, on the top of my head, I do not know. Yeah, because if you think of like the Muppets or something like that. Oh, you know wait, I mean? no, Looney Tunes has, mm, you're talking like full on. Like um, theater releases. I think there might be some. Yeah. Well, either way... I, I, I kind of get lost in all the animations, though, just going back to it. Yeah. But... Uh, either way, uh, on top of the novelty of uh, of how well the production is done, of seeing these animation combined with live-action film, how truly funny some of the jokes are and being inspired yeah. by the plot, you can definitely tell, like, in the writing room, they kind of wanted to, maybe with an outset, with a goal to have this idea of Michael Jordan with the Looney Tunes, and they make it work. They problem-solve around that, which is, it's honestly a ball 
to really see how it's played through. And again, I can't stress enough, the technical side of this film is really why I think it's deserved of its, you know, long going reputation. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. that's awesome. I would. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to show it to my kids and like have me as an adult still enjoy the film. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are some of the best kids' films mm -hmm. when the adults, adults can enjoy them too. Absolutely. Uh, when it, when it comes to some of the sound as well, uh, I think I only mentioned the sound just because the sequel is a little bit uninspired when it comes to the soundtrack. I mean, mm. for Looney to, uh, for uh, Space Jam, uh, the first one. When we come to the soundtrack, you have really what have become iconic, iconic uh, songs. I yeah. believe I can fly. You know, yes. the, 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 oh my god, uh, the the actual theme of itself. I, I I mention it just because for me, it, it's it's such a standout. And maybe back in the day, that was seen as oh wow, they're really tying in a lot of shit to this. You right. know, it, you can definitely tell there's money. They're trying to you know get it on you know people buying the CDs, the soundtracks, and whatnot. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, for me, it it, it absolutely added to the enjoyment of wow this is just a a monster of a film that they were shooting for the stars for other than that uh, i think it's important to note with this space jam with the second space jam to a certain extent with all children's movies in general obviously criticizing them i'm not look i i know what i'm going into i'm not looking oh, for of, citizen of course, Kane, of you know yeah this is not, you know, uh, something that I uh, get lost in and say, oh, well, it's it's not really standing up in this way or that way. I understand what it's what it's for and what it's marketed towards. And if that if anything, that's why the first Space Jam is fairly positive on my end, because I think it's it's it, worth the time, especially if you have a younger audience with. Yeah. You. And what you're saying is, you know, exactly what the movie's supposed to be. And it's doing just that. It's hitting all of those marks that mm -hmm. you would want it to see. That you want to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Also, also on the same note, uh, if my criticism of these films maybe isn't as robust as uh, our viewers are used to, uh, folks <laughs> at home, uh, also understand that uh, it is a kid's film. <laughs> and, and even if I want to crucify something, there has to be kind of a grain of salt that's taken with it. Okay. So, uh, not too much more to say about Space Jam. Uh, of course, if you haven't seen it yet, I think it's absolutely worth a watch in that regard. If you have seen it maybe not worth returning to it but definitely worth recognizing for what it is we're going to go ahead and give space jam a 61 61 yeah fantastic i'm i'm gonna watch it again yeah yeah and it's on hbo max so oh it is yeah yeah uh they have uh, i guess the the full license and maybe that's through warner brothers because i think hbo max is tied in yeah with, that yeah, yeah 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 with wb i, uh, I just see and uh, by, by, and michael jordan's great too in it right mm -hmm. like he's just he's just a good person to watch i loved him it's just crazy to think just back then with the, the way the world was because he was a representative and a spokes guy. He was a spokesperson at McDonald's, correct? Uh, yes. And there's like McDonald's advertising in the film. Mm -hmm. I remember that in the last time I watched it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, well, you're not going to see that anymore. You're right. You're right. It's McDonald's <laughs> all about the big – it's just yeah. it's hilarious. I love it. Now, now it's a different type of advertising. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, right. But uh, 61, it totally sounds right. Dead on. I can't, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it soon just, just to kind of – Bring me back to those days. Right, also. exactly. Well, let's move it on to Suicide Squad. This is the 2016 release, mm -hmm. um, kind of our one of the first big movies out of the uh, DC universe, kind of or the revamp of, yeah. kind of those films, that franchise. Yeah, this is uh, uh, Suicide Squad. It's it's obviously coming after uh, now going back a, a good amount of years after Batman versus Superman. Uh, I will give credit to the 
type of creative work done within that universe. Uh, obviously, by the end, I mean, you know, these movies have been out for some time. Uh, right, right. Uh, you know, by the end of Batman versus Superman, we have Superman, you know, falling in that film. And the fact that this film as far as the, the comic book type of story is based off of that and uses that as a creative influence for what is driving the plot forward, I do got to give some credit for. I will return to this to with the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one, the brand right. new one. You know, like this movie or not, there is a lot that is built upon it for the universe that these three movies, this kind of self-titled Harley Quinn trilogy that's, that's, that's kind of being referred to online, at least, there's a lot that's knocked out of the way and that Suicide, Suicide Squad 2016 kind of takes a bullet for, for that reason. So, some mild credit there, and especially for my comic book watchers, I guess if you're on the other side of that, the cape shit type of movies that it's referred to <laughs> as, right. it is... Almost in a way, kind of uh, uh, some homework that you might have to do if you're really interested in this. That does not hold back me at all from a god awful yes. movie. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you taught Thomas sweat bullets. Like, well, that's well, what it was. Just be like, where's where did this guy go? That's all. <laughs> you, uh, oh boy, yeah. I mean, uh, listen, I I think that's where a lot of the positivity of this film ends, uh, more so in its <laughs> its kind of legacy of what you know. Right, of course, yeah. But man, let let's tear into it right from the right from the get go. There is nauseating levels of music uh, in this film. Mm, big pet peeve yours. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, this has come up now on multiple episodes. I will have to bite the bullet eventually on what kind of spawned this hatred of... Uh, <laughs> we have uh, to wait. That's, that's going to ruin us <laughs> once when that comes out. But yeah, yeah. It, not that you don't... We've had large discussions about music and film. Yes. Large discussions about mm-hmm. it. And I'm glad that you're at a point and that you you can totally be okay with it, but it better be done really well and exactly. really appropriately. Absolutely. Any any whiff of your of, of you thinking they're just putting in music now. They're mm-hmm. just putting in music for the mm-hmm. music or to like rush things along or something like that mm-hmm. to get a feel or a vibe. You sniff that out Absolutely. immediately, and it just it just takes you right out of it. And I would say almost to the point that it, it is. Uh, I mean, anyone will will have whiplash from the type of music in, in the first. I'm talking like. 20 minutes of the film is just song after song after song. They don't even let it play out in a lot of instances. Right, okay. Not only do we have musical introductions for every character, not only do we have musical interludes to bridge scenes together to keep it more snappy, the song choices are just like, oh my God, they're just all over the map. Yeah, and I I will say, it could be fun introducing each character with a new song. I mean, it's fun. The whole thing of Suicide Squad, everyone has such big personalities and you want to match their personalities and the different songs. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. But the way it can be done is is either sloppy or just way too much of a punch in the face. Yeah, yeah. It, it is, it's rough, uh, especially when some of the songs are just going for a general feel of a character while some of the songs have lyrical meanings to it and then the third worst side or worst outcome of that <laughs> is when the songs are just put in probably just for marketing money reasons. Mm, you know, of course. Sell of course. Yeah, of course. Really rough. How not rated R? I, I don't know oh. how this was not rated R, yeah, especially I... hindsight being 2020 with the Suicide Squad being very rated R. I am... 
confused by this. I mean, I guess it's it's kind of hard to criticize something for how it was made. Uh, obviously, in 2016, I don't know, was was Deadpool out yet? I forget. You know, maybe that Band-Aid of a rated R superhero mm. film wasn't ripped just yet. Either way, it, it, it made me question multiple times in the film if, if I was watching an edited TV cut. <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, it felt almost inappropriately forced into kind of a safe area, especially, and I'm not even just talking about blood, I'm talking about the, the language of these characters. Just a quick example, uh, there's a moment where Will Smith's character, Deadshot, has a, a moment where he, he kind of like gets, gets a little bit of freedom and he's excited by it out of prison, and he... He says, you jokers must be crazy. And it's just like, would he say that? It just felt so PG. It, it just didn't jive at all. It didn't make him seem cool. It, it, yeah, it was just So bad. you definitely would have bumped it up a few points if, if, it was, if it was rated R and probably had some more rated R content. I think so. I think so. And I think, I mean, I have no idea on the editing floor what this looked like, uh, obviously. Well, the trailer looked amazing. Yeah. The, the legs- trailer fooled all of us. <laughs> right, right. The, the old bait switch oh, was a catfish. Gosh. It's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, uh, there is similar buzz around this film uh, to have a David Ayer cut, much like the Zack Snyder cut to Justice League, because apparently oh. there is enough uh, on the cutting room floor of the editing. But who did it? The original director would still uh, go back and... Yes, because apparently... What's uh, the and, point and, of that, then? Yeah, don't quote me on the exact uh, the, you know, domino falling of this, but apparently it was similar. Warner Brothers got involved involved uh that actually the company that cut the trailer then did their own cut they ran both in kind of press screenings one did better than the other so yeah i I don't know i do i believe that there'll be something underneath this film that is going to turn around no because even with a four-hour mind-numbing experience to justice league and the snyder cut it, it, well, it they did not. Make they can't do now because they can't under they can't undermine the new Suicide Squad anyway. <laughs> yes, you know very what I mean. True. They can't. They can't take. They'll eyes cannibalize away from the that. market. Absolutely, yeah, 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 it's just too much. Absolutely. Let, let's let's dive into a few other things. Viola Davis is great. Uh, Amanda Waller is a character that is in a lot of the cartoon iterations of Batman. Is obviously uh, in the comic books. Uh, wonderful, wonderful job at just being a menacing presence. And I will give credit to Viola Davis any day of the week. But for such a shitty movie, she is bringing her A-game on creating a villain in a different way. She is a villain by administration, uh, a villain by uh, admin power. Like, it is interesting to watch because she'll go toe-to-toe with these criminals. And you're asking, Jesus, I mean, where is she getting this confidence from? She's getting confidence because she just knows her shit that well. Uh, and yeah. Viola Davis just brings such a confidence to that. It was really, It's really a delight to see her, and it is a godsend that they got her back for uh, the Suicide Squad because she's undoubtedly the best part about these movies. That's awesome. That, that's awesome. It, not in it too much, correct? Well, no, let's she have, gets um, her fair share, sure. absolutely. Uh, and more importantly, good sequences, uh, even though it may not be a huge amount of runtime in both these films, good sequences to show this viciousness of the character. That's why the trailer was... She was in the trailer a decent amount. Like, mm-hmm. I think she started opening with the trailer. Absolutely. And she like set the tone for it, mm-hmm. and it had everybody like, "This is going to be good." This is, oh, mm-hmm. will it be somewhat like the Dark Knight? Like, right, right. 
that dark grittiness, but uh, okay, okay. Yeah. If we're talking about highlights as far as the performances, let's talk about the worst thing, is Jared Leto's performances as the Joker. Mm. Uh, for a little bit of time, uh, when I've maybe seen this film only once or twice, I kind of defended a little bit of the portrayal of the Joker in that I'm a believer that the character can be whatever they want it to be. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, at the same time, in this world, uh, we haven't seen what the Joker is. Having him being kind of like a gangbanger, you know, gangster kind of type, I-, I thought it was interesting, at least in a little bit. Damned in the execution, though. Uh, Jared Leto is downright cringy. Uh, mm. It is not fun to watch him on screen. It is laughable to see his performance. <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, and the oddest thing about it is that in the edit, in the cut somewhere, and I challenge anyone that has the balls to go back and and <laughs> and watch this film when you're watching Leto on uh, Leto on screen the audio his his uh, his lines, uh, his voiceover work, it does not match up in some sequences. Oh, uh, really? Especially towards the middle of the film, there are sequences that it just I, I'm I'm running it back and. I do not see the words matching up to what he is saying. It also sounds weird audio clip wise. To interesting, yeah, it, it not it, good. Yeah, it took me out of it just because I, I am very technical when it comes to looking at stuff like that. Uh, but also, just made me wonder more questions. What was the shit show behind scenes with this movie? Right, this production, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Uh, what did they cut? What was what was after? What was reshoots? You know, it's just yeah. And and I think for the watching of of it kind of having that legacy going into that film it tarnishes the overall experience as well because you kind of can't escape it and, and that sound mixing is is just a, a perfect cherry on top to the mess of the soundtrack as, as a whole uh, and how music is introduced and how it is such a weak crutch for keeping things snappy in an otherwise very boring plot Suicide Squad is a mess overall, and you kind of come out of it at least in a position that you say, wow, that was that added nothing to the characters I mm. maybe had an interest with going into this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it adds to the repertoire of our actors and actresses in it. And I know, and they came out, they thought they were coming out swinging. I mean, I mean Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? He just mm-hmm. he any did he bring anything or just bad? Uh, I no, mean, no. Uh, I I think Will, Will Smith is a very very small step up from Jared Leto uh, in uh, in in the performance, just because he's not given situations that Will Smith can shine in. You mm, know what I mean? Sure. In his comedy or whatnot, he's too busy trying to be a badass and. The film is too busy uh, trying to juggle this crazy, you know, multi-plot obsession with these these characters, but right, also right. trying to, yeah, it, it, it's it's a mess of a film. <laughs> Suicide Squad 2016. This, you know, if you've seen it, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think where I land on this for the rating more critically, if you haven't seen it, uh, while. If you are a diehard DC fan and you are starting your homework on what the DCEU is is doing, unfortunately, I think the film is positioned in a little bit of kind of necessary viewing to get this beginning of Harley Quinn's little plot and little trilogy. But for me, though, it is not worth the time uh, and definitely something you should absolutely try to avoid if possible and only under you know, rare circumstances <laughs> should you try to get involved in this. We are going to give Suicide Squad 2016 
a 16. Wow. Yeah, Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. 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 Once we get into the teens, that's, I mean, really don't waste your time. Yeah. Don't waste your time. It's a nauseating film. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once again, filling up the bottom of uh, the barrel. Bottom, <laughs> it's great to fill out that, you know, the lower scores. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, especially. Uh, for future episodes where we don't have too much of a back catalog for the sequels and type of films coming out, uh, we can we can get some higher ranking movies in here. But nonetheless, it is ratings to make sure that you're watching what's important. Alrighty, so let's go to the next one. Kind of uh, once again, following the Harley Quinn story. Kind of we're in Birds of Prey movie. I actually don't know that much about. Mm-hmm. I really didn't wasn't up to it. I went to Comic Con this year that mm-hmm. it was like the, they were really promoting it. I didn't go to the panel, mm-hmm. and um, and honestly, I got the most from it that day. But I'm excited to hear of this because I actually don't know even the reviews it got. Really, yeah. it kind of just skated past, and I didn't pay attention to it. It was a 2020 release, uh, and this was right before, obviously, uh, uh, the big lockdown of everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, it 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 was kind of hard pressed for the film to do this balancing act. Nonetheless, uh, it, we cannot give it an excuse for suffering from a production because this was obviously made pre-lockdown of everything. Right, so, right. The film is structured as, uh, well, Birds of Prey, uh, and then it has a very long name, The uh, Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. That is technically the full name of it. Yeah. Uh, the Fantabulous which, Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Oh, of One. Uh, I see. <laughs> Nuanced. Uh, it is way too long. Yeah. It, it's a little bit of a, a mess in the title, but a, a really good time, honestly. I think I really have to give credit to having Margot Robbie really step into this character in a way that she's not exactly being overly sexualized. Obviously, how she's dressed, how the character is absolutely a chaotic force. There is a good bit of that, also being involved in like a criminal underworld. Uh, but I have to really give uh, credit to being a, uh, a female-directed feature because the difference that you see in the character from Suicide Squad 2016 and now Birds of Prey is that in Suicide Squad, we see almost every introducing shot of Harley Quinn being at ass level. Uh, mm. And now Birds of Prey, it is about her. It's, you know, we're, we're, we're diving into the character and, and she's Interesting. not... Interesting. Good pickup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and believe me, I'm not, I'm not saying in, in an overly kind of, uh, kind of justice type of way, but it's, uh, for me, it was, it was noticeable that there was care put into this character rather than her just being put on screen screen for some eye candy yeah and, and just real quick speaking with like just overall about margot robbie in suicide squad i did watch again birds of prey did not watch mm-hmm. Suic- the suicide squad i did and i mean she's a phenomenal actress yeah yeah in a lot of different roles in movies mm-hmm. and does that carry through i don't know how you how did you feel about her in suicide squad not just her presentation but mm-hmm. her herself I, I, it, acting compared between both movies. Suicide Squad, uh, uh, Margot Robbie, or, or Suicide Squad Harley Quinn, I felt definitely fell into the same type of cringe that plagues the film and that is at the epicenter of, of, of Joker, Jared Leto. Okay. I don't think she escapes that. I think in this finally by the very premise of the film being a breakup kind of action comedy with Joker uh, for the character Harley mm-hmm, Quinn. Sure. She has to find her own on screen, and that's why I would really be strongly believing that if there is a perspective that you see this as a trilogy for Harley Quinn, it's because of this film. This film is the cornerstone for that. Oh, good, okay. And she's um, able to 
be herself and absolutely and be, be a character worth watching. Absolutely, yeah? okay. and uh, legitimately do exciting new things for the character of Harley Quinn. That I don't know. I mean, I don't have the entire repertoire of her comic book history, but it feels like new things being done, which cool. is I would imagine exciting for Margot Robbie, who has really made this character her own, who has really wrote the book on being Harley Quinn, much like I would say Viola this with Amanda Waller. Cool. Okay. I, I think uh, the film, unfortunately, does not as escape some of that cringe maybe this is just not for me folks Ewan McGregor who I was excited to see as the villain in the oh, movie yeah, yeah. yeah uh, definitely has uh, a similar shade of um I don't mean to overuse the word cringy or anything like that, but uh, the similar type of toughness to watch on the screen cringe, as Joker. Cringy is a good word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean to overuse it, but it really it hits that level. Um, I, I can definitely tell Ewan McGregor is having fun with the character Black Mask and also doing an interesting job because Black Mask is typically uh, more of a gangster, early Batman character, not really coming into his own as far as idiosyncrasies and, okay, okay. and really wild type of... Or, or psychological profiles and whatnot. You know, we, we see some cool stuff with that, but uh, it's not really too enjoyable for that reason. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, for me, when watching him on screen, it was good for maybe a couple minutes, and then it really just overstays its welcome. Where hmm. uh, a, a positive in that shade, in that shade of criticism, is that let's get the camera back on Margot Robbie again. Let's let's see what Harley Quinn is doing or let's see what this very large supporting cast uh, is doing. Right, but she's the true shining star. Uh, how is the supporting cast? Uh, supporting cast is great. Yeah. Uh, we have a, uh, a you know, not, okay. not the, the highest level of uh, superhero recognizable names or, or rogues gallery. Right, right. Uh, but the performances from everyone are really phenomenal. Huntress is a standout uh, from Scott Pilgrim. Uh, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Uh, she is really, really fun to watch on screen because she's kind of this vigilante coming into form, practicing lines in the mirror. So there is uh, some self-aware comedy to this to this film as well. And you get that because it's not really emphasized on any superhero. So things that I wish would have been shown in the Suicide, in Suicide Squad 2016 and honestly shown in the Suicide Squad, uh, the sequel as well. Okay. Uh, but uh, Margot Robbie, absolute heavyweight, and she does great sharing the screen as well with these other actresses. It really is great to see once the cast kind of comes together uh, in the film because uh, there is a, a back and forth, a playfulness that is a delight to watch on screen. And even at that point, if the villains and some of the some of the lines may be a little bit makes your skin crawl. Yeah, they fall uh, short. Yeah, it, yeah, it's still overall enjoyable watching the chemistry of uh, these actresses on screen which is which is good okay and the movie is at its best when it supports that uh, that really is uh, my number one note with birds of prey that I wish it was more about Harley going through this breakup through finding friendships through finding bonds uh, and be a little bit uh, less about uh, we need to have a, st- a stereotypical villain we need to have an action plot to this type of superhero film so uh, other than that I think uh, oddly enough this is for something that I definitely was in your boat Tom 
not really paying attention to when it came out in 2020. I think because I think because the, the su- um, Suicide Squad just had such a stain. I just don't think I wanted anything to do with the mm-hmm. characters. And I lost interest. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. There was absolutely a stain with it. And uh, for me, I, I came out of this uh, definitely more positive than negative because... It is a joy to watch Margot Robbie on screen and uh, working this this very stylish character in a very stylish plot and a very stylized movie. We're going to go ahead and give Birds of Prey a 63. Okay, yeah, 63. That's definitely higher than what I thought uh, you were going to give it before we started the show when I when I saw that you watched it. Yeah. That's good, and I'm glad. I'm glad that. Six, and 60s, just to remind folks, like that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Six, you know, 60, Above average. Yeah, 60s and a lot of other, um, you know, aggregators, you know, uh, scoring aggregators mm-hmm. or other reviewers and things like that. You know, a lot of people look down on 60s, but here, you know, 60s is actually, where 50s is a complete basic film. Yeah, middle that, of the road as could be. You know, yeah, that's, I'm glad that it hit. The sixties, at least, it, it, I am. I'm yeah. glad. Especially, I if, might give it. I might give it a watch, honestly. Yeah, especially if this character uh, is supposed. This is the trilogy for Margot Robbie's performance as well. Sure, being oh, yeah, such yeah. a mark on the character. I'm glad that uh, she has a n- close to solo focus on the film, and. But it's cool that, like you said, she's not afraid to share it either. Absolutely, she's not afraid to not afraid to share the focus. Absolutely, that's good. I'm glad that that's kind of balanced, and I'm glad she kind of gave justice to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you know, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that was our previously released movie. So we're about to go into our in theaters are now playing. But first thing, we just want to go ahead and do our producer segments. This is when we take a, take a break in the podcast. Thank the listeners who we think as producers because we go by the value for value model. Are you do you enjoy the podcast? Are you enjoying multiple reviews? Are you going back and listening to multiple episodes from Vin? Are you going to the dailyratings.com, checking out all of our movies, all of our content there? And are you liking it? Are you getting value from it? And if so, if you could go to the donations tab on the dailyratings.com and show your show your value and support for us with a, with a small donation of whatever amount you want, you can write a note in. We'll read the note live on the next episode. You'll get a producer mention. Then you'll have a you'll have a producer credit to your name mm-hmm. then for helping produce the show. And uh, the reason why we do it is. You know, Ben and I, we just want to stay away from some corporate sponsors. We want to be, I mean, we're just doing movie reviews, but we want to have the freedom to say whatever we want. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just be shilling for products we don't care about yeah. and everything, like taking breaks constantly. I mean, you can hear people losing their souls when they're reading ads on podcasts, <laughs> and you guys are just going to fast forward through them. Anyway, and it's just we're building a little community here, a little tribe, and it would mean the world to us if you just stop by the dailyratings.com just to check out the site would be great. But, you know, if you stop by the donations tab, it would be even better. And if you could give us a little something. It doesn't take all that much money. It takes a little bit of money to do this. Mm-hmm. And it sure does take a lot of time, though, as well. And we're enjoying it. We hope you are, too. And again, donate, and we'll write a note, and we'll read it on air as well. And we really just appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And okay, so that's it for that segment. Coming out of that, our in-theaters are now playing films. Let's go ahead and go to The Suicide Squad. Yeah, let's keep them together, and then we'll have the this Space Jam kind of bookend these things. So The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's venture into the DC world. And uh, it is certainly a movie. Uh, this is, <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, this movie definitely marks where I, as a watcher of superhero films, as a watcher of movies, as a critic of movies, kind of was questioning, is it good that we have 
a director really unchained and be able to do all that they want in the film. Uh, it's kind of hard to say that because obviously the lesson that is learned with the Suicide Squad 2016 uh, with Justice League is that studio meddling in these films usually leads to a worse product. Yeah, for sure, um, for sure. And when it comes to the Suicide Squad, you can definitely tell that this is 100% James Gunn's DNA in it. Uh, it is his movie, it is his music, it is his jokes. As for an better, enjoyer of his movie. For better or for worse? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's for better or worse. I think sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't for that reason. But I think overall there is a lack of focus for that reason as well. It feels manic in a way. Okay. Um, uh, I will give credit. Uh, I think this... On the exact, exact opposite ends of the spectrum where uh, Suicide Squad 2016 was too PG uh, and felt, you know, kitty hour. This is a very, 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 very rated R uh, <laughs> as far as the gore, uh, as far as the, the violence, the cursing. Definitely something to note uh, because there is some gross-out humor tied into that. So very much pulling from the success of Deadpool. Exactly, yeah. exactly, uh, and completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. Believe me, I'm not saying that the PG, you know, that was definitely part of my criticism of two, 2016 Suicide Squad, but definitely something to note. Again, to the point of our type of review, as a watching guide, as a ratings guide uh, for if you should be spending time with this, if you're not into gore in the slide as this is uh, i would say uh, a definite no-go uh because it is uh, in the dna of how the jokes are set up and a lot of the time the punchline of the is jokes. the gore i don't know this is a stupid question is the gore done stylistically almost how like quentin tarantino can add beauty uh, to it like it's some sort of of um fantastical kind of i think it, it could be definitely going for that i think it's more so just it, or just like this is a rated like yeah it's more so let's use the rated r and i think it's it's just the punchline and as a punchline let's make it as a okay, as possible okay. you know a visual uh, uh you know uh, so it's not it's not special or, or great in any way it's yeah. just okay yeah. okay uh, i will say that there is a lot of fanfare for this movie online and uh, I think if you're looking for a raunchy comedy, uh, a raunchy action, gory romp, uh, it's 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 going to be worth your time. I think it's important to note uh, and why I gave that initial slight praise to Suicide Squad 2016 is that this movie is undoubtedly on the shoulder of giants. This movie works because the initial pitch of what the Suicide Squad is, a collection of of villains that the government is using and has no regard for their life or their or their prosperity for and is thrown at a cool you premise know. a cool superhero premise absolutely different. yeah absolutely the fact that the homework or the legwork of pitching the, the the elevator pitch of what the Suicide Squad is is out of the way. That allows this film to jump headfirst into what we care about, which is the situation and seeing the even larger cast of characters getting involved in violent scenarios. So not a big not a big character development in the beginning. Then is that no, what you're saying basically? And it's not just, at all. Okay. Yeah, but is it ne- is the first one necessary? No, it, because if you understand the Suicide Squad, just even, even by roughly, the name, exactly, okay. you can get it, and you definitely get the feel of what the film is going after with the disregard for their livelihoods and 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 their well-being right, right. from 
again, phenomenal performances by Viola Davis uh, and 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 what the plot is around, which is, you know, how they're using these supervillains. Right, right, know? okay. But I, I do have to just give credit in the sense that this film is deserved of some of the praise on how snappy and how quickly it goes into what you want to see on screen. I think I, I cannot give that credit to it. It has to go to the first Suicide Squad. And as much as this film wants to separate itself huh. from that first movie and be just called The Suicide Squad, it yeah. is 100% a sequel. And I think pretty probably the end of the trilogy of this Harley Quinn saga, okay. basically. But just important to note because uh, I think that's going to be something that I can't give too much credit for, critically speaking, uh, because it's really not rightfully claimed by the movie it is on the shoulder of giants or the shoulder of a a very corpse of a movie <laughs> like suicide yeah, squad yeah. 2016 <laughs> not exactly giants right right yeah. maybe giantly bad but <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and really it, it only works in 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 that type of way uh, like i said already the return of amanda waller uh the return of uh, of harley quinn huge uh, for the movie. These are great performances. Both of them are phenomenal. We do have the return of some characters like Rick Flagg. I forget the gentleman, uh, the actor's name. Those aren't really too much of a standout. Uh, they definitely got into a, 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 a zone where they're returning with only the people that needed to return, and the rest well, of the and, cast and, is, is expanded upon. Yeah, and a big, big cast. Idris Elba, John Cena. Mm -hmm. You have, uh, well, Nathan Fillion is in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did those guys do? I mean, you know, that. that good, good. I, I, Will I, Smith is out, but you bring in some, the, the, and all, like, who doesn't love Idris Elba? He's mm -hmm. phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Were they pulling their own weight, or again, were they just side pieces? Uh, they were pulling their own weight. Uh, I, I obviously, the, the very large cast goes into the type of elevator pitch of what this movie, or what James Gunn believed this movie to be about, mm -hmm. in that it's a lot of death, it's a lot of uh, expendable cast. Okay. So I don't want to get into too much, uh, especially as a newer film, for for kind of a spoiler territory, but... Uh, no, but they're called The Suicide Squad, and the, sub, the little subtitle is, they're done. Trying to save the world. Right, right. You know, it's on the movie poster. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Idris Elba, though, uh, you bring it up, is a little bit of an anomaly because he is way too good for this film. Throughout the entire <laughs> film, you're almost scratching your head at why was this not Will Smith? Because the character almost identically, especially as a Batman-type villain rogues gallery, is is almost identical to Deadshot in in his proficiency, in his style, in his in his lethalness. So he plays Bloodsport. Mm -hmm. What is his is his thing? It, just like. Not slingshot. What the hell? Is it? Yeah, it, it's it's like What's a slingshot kill? crossbow. He has a, a slingshot. Oh, yeah. Deadshot. What was Will Smith's character? <laughs> Not slingshot. <Yeah. laughs> Deadshot. Deadshot. So yeah, yeah Bloodsport or Deadshot, kind of the same thing. Yeah, kind of the same. But, but thing. Bloodsport's an established character in the in the realm of DC, correct? Yes, but, as yeah, is yeah, Deadshot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay. Uh, it just good, it good. just lets you kind of scratch it. Actually, the film does kind of make fun of that with John Cena's character. Uh, that it's just kind of a repeating archetype. That there's just these these badass villains that are just okay. they're good at killing. You know, <laughs> so sure. it's kind of a joke. It did make me. Uh, really uh, stick on it too much because it's like, wow, why was this just not Will Smith? And to the credit, if Will Smith came back in just the same way that we have consist consistent development on Amanda Waller, on Harley Quinn, why didn't we just do the same with Will Smith's character? And I'll save the character a bit. Yeah. Maybe he wanted nothing to do with it. That's fair. Yeah. 
there's he's absolutely got, some production. Uh, he's got that pool where he could say no. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And rightfully so, because who knows? I mean, when I saw that this was being remade, I rolled my eyes. And I think Which a lot of people the name of it. Yeah. The Suicide Squad. And, I, and it's just, what are we dragging out? Four years later, we're trying this again? You know, it's 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 it was Joe. Poor so. DC Universe, I'll I tell know. you. It is. It, it's rough. <laughs> It's trips and stumbles. I do want to say uh, again for even how we're reviewing this uh, for for the podcast, folks. Uh, this being a kind of unofficial Harley Quinn trilogy, it's a shame we have a tick down for Harley Quinn's portion of this film. I think we are a ways away in a positive way uh, from Harley Quinn being just visual eye candy or sexual eye candy. Uh, she does have fun, very crazy moments on screen, very manic, very chaotic. She is very much benefiting from the new rated R uh, on mm, this, yeah, uh, yeah. which is good. I think Harley Quinn's plot segment in the, this entirely entire film is a waste, though. Uh, it left oh, wow, me okay. really wondering... Why the hell was this in the movie? Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, wow. And and, and it, I, it's a shame to say that because I enjoy watching her on screen, but it's 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 whiplash. It's it's very jarring to sit with her plot and it kind of being dead in the middle. Her kind of solo time, so to speak. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, and then have it just reincorporated back into what the movie is going for. It's a little bit of a pit stop for Harley Quinn. Maybe that's deserved, and maybe that's why this this unofficial trilogy is being put to this movie. However, I think it was a total waste of time, uh, and really a shame, too. Uh, it, it, re- it really took me out of the film entirely. Uh, and... Uh, well, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> you know what's done with the ensemble cast. I think a highlight is King Shark. King Shark yeah. is done by Sylvester Stallone. I don't know what the pitch really? was. I don't know if James Gunn just went to him and say, "Hey, you know when people make fun of your voice, can you actually just do that? <laughs> <laughs> can you do that as the source?" It, it does highlight James Gunn's almost unnatural ability to make very likable anthropomorphic characters on screen. Uh, this oh, you King, enjoyed the presence of yes, this character. King Shark is a highlight. King Shark is in uh, not as good, but in definitely the same class as a Groot, as. Uh, uh, you know, these, wow. Yeah, these characters that James Gunn creates that, uh, or not creates, but puts on screen that I'm there's surprised a lovability, that. there's a brutishness to it, but it's it it's, plays for genuinely funny moments that these... And it works. Absolutely. So it's, it's Sylvester Stallone doing a Sylvester Stallone impression. I, I, I Honestly, I have no idea what that pitch was or to get him <laughs> on the project. I can only imagine that he said, yeah, <laughs> you know when people make fun of you, that that's what we want. <laughs> You know, uh, it's uh, it's rough, but uh, it, it is a very enjoyable performance. And the reason why I bring it up is it highlights when the movie works its best is when the comedy isn't trying so hard uh, is, you know, I, I can't stress enough that the rated R rating is right at home with this movie where the comedy fails without any kind of spoiler to punchlines or anything like that. 
Where the comedy fails for me is when it is trying to lead up to the goriest punchline possible. It's just trying to go for that shock value. Wow, I can't believe I just saw that on screen. How crazy was that? That is where the comedy in the movie does not work for me. Where it does work for me is where these characters are just funny by what they're doing. Funny by how they're interacting with each other. Not necessarily by punchline jokes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, no, because what pretty much saying is when in this movie james gunn is trying to be funny and trying to get laughs it doesn't play well which right. is such an issue with with actually marvel and just superhero movies in general just mm-hmm. these joking kind of hey trying to be funny and it doesn't hit mm-hmm. but when you let the characters be the characters mm-hmm. there's funny moments in there yep. because they're ridiculous there's this ragtag criminals mm-hmm. getting together and there's going to be these weird no moments mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that's what that's what you mean, basically. Absolutely. Let the characters be the characters. Mm-hmm. And if you just write the character well, you're going to have these moments together. Absolutely. And that's why I think there could be a lot of fat trimmed to this film for that reason. I go back to what, what I first said with this, and that really is the, the cornerstone of, of how what my criticism is for this film. Is it a good thing that we let James Gunn be completely completely unrestrained? in how he's creating this film. Uh, is is it a good thing that we have... I mean, obviously, there are there is studio involvement, but uh, that we have no restraint uh, in, in what he wants to do on screen and whatnot. I think those moments are where it highlights it, and I think definitely the Harley Quinn plot or subplot in this film is a 100% a highlight of... Hmm that needs to be trimmed, uh, at least in some way, or it needs to be directed a little bit more. Uh, it just feels totally out of convenience and just to give a Harley Quinn some solo time on screen, uh, but feels an absolute waste of time. It also, last thing with with, with Guns directly, directing here, and, and just overall how the story is portrayed in the film, it is absolutely does not break a superhero mold as, as odd of a violent, dark comedy this is. Do not think for a second this is anything beyond a superhero film. This absolutely boils down to a very Avenger style story structure that's about superheroes are apart superheroes have to come together right right uh, and I think more than anything I mean I, I, I put it in bold in my notes uh, and especially while watching it this was a big thing especially for how wild this film is at times, the fact that it just boils down to same old same old is really disappointing for me mm. uh, now I'm not saying that that can't have enjoyment in the comedy i can't i'm not going to say that the dark comedy doesn't work for that reason that it's just generic and maybe that's the training wheels to keep everything together while james gunn is pushing the envelope with the violence and the gore but definitely for that reason is it you know something you have to make time for no this is something that you maybe put on in the background and say oh i watched it you know right uh, it was a good time something that's but... on tnt if it comes yeah. on tnt or something <laughs> right. like that right it's like okay i'll have it on heavily watch. edited for TNT. well but... yeah that's true but yeah if i'm cooking i'll have it on in the background absolutely sure absolutely but other than that not too much more to say about this i think as well uh if you relatively like even some of james gunn's uh, older dark comedies uh like the movie i believe it was just called super then absolutely something that's going to be on your radar something you'll probably enjoy for me and especially for the larger audience as a whole especially not superhero watchers i would say the suicide squad for me lands at a 52 smack that middle of the road yeah okay yeah i you know 
just seeing a little bit about it and the trailer and everything like that, I, I, it definitely could have been worse. I was expecting worse, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. 52%. Yeah. I'd be really interested in the aftermath of this to see how many more rated R stuff that we get uh, for superheroes. Because I think this I guess is... it depends how it's all done. It's I mean, definitely pushed the envelope even past what Deadpool uh, goes for. Uh, again, the gore is huge in this. And believe me, I'm not saying in like a, you know, a wimpy kind of way. Like, it's, it's cool, but... It's notable. I, yeah, it's notable. It's yeah. in your face. So... Huh. Well, okay. So, that was kind of a... Kind of... Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. We'll see. I mean, tr- obviously trilogy, developing, yeah, developing news. With definitely that. feels how it is. I mean, they they really put a lot into that character mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move it on. Like you said, bookend it. First, we started with Space Jam. Let's go to Space Jam, A New Legacy. A New Legacy. So where, and again, I have obviously no idea the conversations in the writer's studio, but where Space Jam 1 was a Looney Tunes movie for Looney Tunes and basketball fans, this movie is very much a Space Jam movie for Space Jam fans. Uh, it's a little bit odd. Uh, <laughs> it is trying to very much pull the same type of pop culture nostalgia as Ready Player One that they are using a uh, lot of licenses. Interesting. Uh, in two directions. One, the Looney Tunes are the kind of butt of a joke for that reason because obviously in comparison to the many WB properties that are brought up in the film alone, nonetheless, nonetheless that WB has, they are very low on the totem pole and it's, it's a bit odd for that reason to see them involved. Honestly, I'd be interested and I would challenge anyone that watches this film to kind of question themselves the same. Why not do Space Jam with someone that's not the Looney Tunes with different type of properties? You know, make it about the basketball or something like that. Hmm. So, okay. Just interesting. Uh, but there is a, a <laughs> shotgun blast of properties and... It really uh, hits you in the face, Yeah, huh? uh, uh, everything from Game of Thrones to It to uh, Clockwork Orange to, uh, I mean, just all over the map. And it uh, wasn't fun. Iron Giant. It wasn't... It, yeah, it... Where I think it fails, and I... You know, obviously, I will save that if I ever return to Ready Player One for uh, a, a review or some sort of thing, some sort of rewatched viewing. I think where that movie succeeds is because it's referencing pop culture because the story is about pop culture. Uh, this film does not have that same plot line, so this pop culture definitely seems self-serving it's just and it's not fun easter eggy fan mm -hmm, no mm -hmm. it's just wow it's a shotgun blast it's nauseous it's 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 yeah wow is that bad huh yeah uh it's it's maybe a little fun in a sense that there's like a where's waldo in the crowd to say oh you see that (laughs) (laughs) that's surface level by the nature of it right right it's something to note because i think well it clearly took you out of the film (laughs) and you yeah I mentioned on a previous episode, you know, I was complaining about how long these movies are. I, I embellished. I thought this was beyond two hours. It turns out it's just pretty it's like much one fifty-five. Yeah, it's one fifty-five. It, it made Th- that right there tells you everything. Yeah. You thought it was like almost two and a half hours long. <laughs> Absolutely, which is Absolutely. hilarious. Uh, and it's that because of ads. You know, I mean, they have. A, a wow. large portion of the time that... See, uh, if you just do the value for value model, <laughs> you won't get that much money. 
but you feel better about yourself. Absolutely. You don't feel like you have to take Wonderful a shower. Wonderful plug. Wonderful yeah. plug. When it comes to LeBron's now involvement yeah, with the world, there's a lot of time put into LeBron jumping to different properties and different uh, different different uh, different worlds and whatnot that they can. It's almost it, it really does feel like an ad. Ooh, that sucks. I know, and and it it sucks too because. I, I'm not saying that the secret sauce is the Looney's tunes. Again, I think there is definitely a viewing of this that maybe re-roll your cast and what they're interacting with with basketball. Yeah, but that sucks because it's it's Space Jam. You're right. Yes, Space I, Jam <laughs> is supposed to be. You know, it's very specific of what Space Jam is. <laughs> right. It's a jam in space. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you're watching it and being like, ah, we could have made a completely different movie. Like these characters should be doing something. Looney Tunes should yeah. be maybe doing something else. It, that sucks. I know. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and talk into some of the Looney Tunes, though. Uh, it, it is very important to note that the animation quality of uh, all of our Looney Tunes cast, and very more specifically, of LeBron on the screen at the same time as the Looney Tunes, any kind of artistry that was done in that post Who Framed Roger Rabbit world mm-hmm. is gone. Uh, so a completely different style from mm, what they were yes. doing in the late 90s. The Looney Tunes animation does not look good. And I'm a bit of an animation snob when it comes to uh, what Style. should be yeah a theatrical yeah. animation versus anything else i'm not going to get too into that because that's honestly a little bit too cerebral but when it comes into play that lebron is lebron on screen acting and these looney tunes are now put into kind of three three dimensional uh cgi animation uh-huh. it looks terrible the Man. the faces look sad all of their faces look uh, like they're <laughs> like okay. they've been, you know, had like a rough party weekend. It's, <laughs> it's, they're hungover. It's it's rough, uh, and it's something to note because I think if there was a sole highlight uh, of the animation and film being put in together for Space Jam, and in that in in that uh, legacy of Who Framed Roger Rabbit or whatever was the first one that that started that, honestly, this film. Not only doesn't try to do the balancing act, but off, but almost takes a step back. There was even the old the, the one movie where it was. Um, there's that one, the one, the famous uh, movie was it in the '60s with the dancing sequence. Correct. Oh, um, was that with Astaire and Fred Astaire? Maybe. And there was another one. Is that? And there was one and another. I, I, it's a shame on me for not knowing these classic movies. There mm-hmm. were sequences in movies that had this for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of followed this. They all followed the kind of the same script, the same animation. Mm-hmm. Where obviously, like, it looked bad but good. Yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, um, and, and 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 they put care into that the animation was at a higher quality than maybe the cartoons that they came from as a source material. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, to maybe boil down some of my criticism to the quality of animation, these Looney Tunes on screen, they look... They, they look like, like they, almost like flash cartoons, you know. It's I'm, like they uh, don't belong on the feature film. Yeah, yeah. It's not feature film quality animation, and I can only guess that that time, budget, combination of factors, production, was only to get farther and farther faster to get them into CGI versions of themselves. Right, right. And in themselves, 
don't look great. Hmm. Uh, so uh, it's a little bit rough. There is no need for basketball in this film. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, I will say, to the credit of this being a kid's film, there is a lot more family orientation than uh, there is. I mean, I mean, the entire plot is around LeBron's family and his son, where that was just simply not the case and, and a back burner factor in the original Space, Space Jam. So that's a, that's, a, that's a positive for it. But the fact that basketball is associated with this at all, again, it's not even a butt of a joke. It's just that it's a Space Jam movie for the sake of being a Space Jam movie. Mm. So, of course, we have to put basketball in it. You oh, know? it's like ironically done almost. Exactly. Exactly. Man, that sucks. Uh, and yeah, it, LeBron, it, vers- by the way, LeBron versus Jordan. Right. As far as, no, as far as like. Did LeBron hold a candle to Jordan's um, performance or getting across just that guy? It's it's hard to say because LeBron is really focused on like the family orientation okay. uh, of this film. And that's a positive. I think as a family film, it's it's about, uh, you know, families going through growing pains almost or, or, or relationships with, with parents. Where original Space Jam, it was about Jordan and his career and that weird moment in time where he's giving up on basketball. You know what I mean? There's, sure, sure. It, it's very different. So I want to say LeBron does a little bit better of a job as far as having kind of a dramatic performance, mm, okay. you know, maybe even a little bit more emotional. But yeah, hard hard to compare. Honestly. Okay. Okay. When it comes to the setup for the film, it's just it's just not earned. It, it just feels heartless, and that is accentuated. That is magnified by the constant barrage of "Hey, you know this movie? This character's in the crowd," and it's like <laughs> it I really don't give you. a shit. <laughs> It's like, oh, God. And and I, you know, I can't stress enough that not only is it not earned, but it doesn't serve the plot. So almost in the same way that I would criticize music, that music has to be appropriate for what it's trying to convey on screen, uh, if I had to kind of boil that down to an elevator pitch, in just the same way, I got no problem if you're throwing pop culture icons at me or kind of trying to work that nostalgia, as long as it makes sense to the story. And Yeah, and it could be fun. Well, and maybe like an Easter egg here or there is fun. Right. Where this is 90% e- Easter eggs. Oh my God. You know, gracious. the Easter eggs are the story, basically. <laughs> Uh, which is which is rough. Obviously, in the plot of this, it, it is about working the the Warner Brothers properties into a, a new product. But I I don't know. It, it just just did not land for me. Uh, and that and that's where I come back. If I had to summarize Space Jam one again, it is that it's a Looney Tunes movie for Looney Tunes fans and and more. This is a Space Jam movie trying to be Space Jam, and then it's just trying to add everything into the kitchen sink to it. Uh, And it it really is uh, uh, messy for that reason. I think if I... Again, I can't stress enough, this is a kid's movie. I can't really crucify it too much. To that point... There is some nice messages, some nice heartstrings that are tugged, and I think LeBron really does a great job with these actors of his family conveying a really good family movie, or or rather a really good message of a family movie in a shell of a very corporate, heartless movie. And that that's the real shame of it. No more really needs to be said. We're going to go ahead and give Space Jam a new legacy 
a 32. 32. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was kind of thinking. I was like, oh, is it gonna is it gonna cut? You know, pass the 50 mark. Right. Right. Not, I, even, I, not even close. I I wish it could. Uh. Uh. Yeah. But it's just. It's a kids movie, and you didn't have a good time watching it. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a just kids a shame. movie, and and, also, and again, the heartless aspect of it makes me question the heart that the movie does have. You know, what I mean, yeah, was oh, I? Of course, yeah. was, Am I giving credit to this because I'm so starved of heart? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, a tough, a tough week in movies to to watch this. But uh, I'm glad always to give perspective for you folks at home because if I can save you some time in seeing something like this, then that's mission accomplished. To what this rating guide is all about absolutely yeah okay that sounds great vin is there anything else or should we roll credits here i think we're good to go all right vin well thanks for stopping by thank you so much we'll run through the list here real quick folks we have the original space jam at 61 percent suicide squad at 16 percent birds of prey at 63 percent the suicide squad at 52 percent and space jam a new legacy at 32%. As always, folks, we thank you so much for watching, and we will see you next week. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, give us a good rating, or tell a friend about us. If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch, or if you'd just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our website, become a producer and go to the Donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value that you, you feel you received from us. You'll get a producer mention on the next podcast episode, too. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors, so we greatly appreciate any support from you all. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.